0: Welcome to Friday Night Football Replay, a Ken's 5 podcast about high school football in the San Antonio area, where every week we break down the games that happened and the games that are about to happen as these teams get closer and closer to the playoffs. With David Flores, I'm Cameron Songer. Week 8 now in the books. This is starting to get interesting, David, and uh, we know who some of the top teams in San Antonio are. They've, They've made their case over the course of the first few weeks, but now we're starting to find out who are the next couple guys up.
1: You know, the, as they say, the pretenders and the contenders are getting uh, separated. And uh, can I use another cliche? How about it's getting down to the nitty gritty? Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. You know, so yeah, this is uh, you know it starts off like a, a shoot. You know, it's real wide, real wide. Then as it as it goes along, the, the, the shoot gets narrower and narrower and narrower, and then it spits out. You know, what, what's left. So we're about at the, We're getting to that point real with three more weeks left in the regular season. Yeah, so
0: after uh, the games that were played on October 17th, 18th, and 19th, that's week 8, all we have left is weeks 9, 10, and 11. Some teams will be pretty much mathematically eliminated from the playoffs in those last few games, and a lot of teams will have a lot to play for in those last three weeks. But it all gets set up based on what happened in week 8. So let's take a look at what happened in week 8. We'll start in District 26-6A, which has four of our top 10 teams in the 6A rankings in the San Antonio area and of course you start with the Judson Rockets. They had a big game against Smithson Valley. The Rangers came in at number five in the rankings but the Rockets started a little slow in that game. Uh, give a lot of credit to the Rangers uh, but this was a home game for
1: Judson and they did what they do and went ahead and won that game 30-13. to yeah, I believe they fell behind 13-0 and, they, and then they came back and scored the last 30 points of the game and I thought wow. I figured Smithson Valley would play them, would play them tough and uh, I, I didn't think they, they would could win the game because it's a matter of talent. I said, unless Judson's really out of sorts, turns the ball over and everything else, uh, you know, uh, I think Judson should win. They start off 13 0. And I said, well, we'll see. But uh, Judson's storm back. They just have too much. Too yeah, much. That, that's a really good team. And I think it's probably a good wake up call for those guys.
0: Uh, in, in that district, there is a lot of talent and a lot of teams that can come up and, and, and get you. Uh, so to, to fall behind early, I think, is the kind of thing that the coach will look at and, and definitely be
1: preaching to his players over the course of the week. Right, you know, and we've talked about Mike Chandler II, who's really a, a dual-threat quarterback, and he's really hurt teams the last few weeks with his passing. Well, in this game against Smithson Valley, he, he went for 159 yards, scored two touchdowns on 17 carries. That's a 9.4 average for <sighs> tote. So he was, uh, you know, and, and he threw in 76 yards passing and one touchdown for good measure. But he, he had, a, obviously, a, a very good game. So
0: Judson stays perfect on the year. They're 7-0 now overall, 4-0 and in that district. Uh, that district also home to the number three team in our Kent's 5 top 10, the the Clemens Buffaloes. They were on the road taking on San Marcos, and maybe one that got a little higher scoring than uh, than Clemens would have hoped for. They gave up 24 points, but they scored 58.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, you can't complain very much when, you know, they have a very good defense. The defense gave up 24. That's a lot of points, but San Marcos, you know, you've got to, you got to give the other team credit sometimes. They'll say, "Well, you know, it's, it's it's we didn't do this and we didn't do that." Well, I know that that's sometimes the case, but sometimes the other team's going to make plays too. Oh yeah, you yeah. know and stuff. And and, they and made, that's a, they, that's a hungry team to coming yeah. in without a win on the season. Exactly. They 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 made it and, and uh, so yeah. Now they're they're four zero in district. Clements and that's that's uh, they're they're right up there with Jetson tied. You know for for that uh, top spot in the district. Right. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. That's going to be a very competitive game. Obviously, both of those teams should be in mm-hmm. line to make the playoffs from 26-6A. Uh, but you start thinking about seating. You start thinking about you know wanting mm-hmm. in the crown. Who's going to... small? Who's going big? Yeah. Who's going to make it? Uh, so that's a that's a big game there for Clemens to to continue to set up the the clash further down the line against Judson, which is. I believe on the last night of the regular season, the real district yes. championship game on uh, will be November 8th. So we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, two other games to talk about in 26-6-8. The number four Steel Knights, they needed a win. They really, really needed a win uh, to, to be able to continue to control their own destiny. They were taking on another very good team that was also one and two in district in the
1: New Braunfels Unicorns. But the Knights, they they get it done again, 35-14. Yeah, at least at least now they're finally at 500 you know, in district. They're two and two. They took those two tough blows at, at the beginning, you know, losing uh, losing uh, as they did to, to Judson and then, then to Clemens, right? Yeah, uh, and uh, one of them in the la- with 56 seconds left, the other one with uh, very few minutes left. It was all just right there toward the end. White Beagle had a good game, quarterback for the Knights, uh, 17 of 24, 193 yards, o- only one touchdown. But then De- DeQuavian Thomas, I love that name, DeQuavian Thomas. He sounds like a running back. Rushed for 138 yards, four touchdowns, Cameron on only nine carries. That's 15.3 yards a clip. So uh, I think the running uh, game for the Steel Knights is in very good hands with Mr. DeGuavian Thomas. Yeah, that's a that's an important win for Steel. So they get to uh, five and
0: two overall, two and two in district. Uh, the unicorns from New Braunfels they're now four and three overall and one and three in district, and uh, that sets up for Steel a big game this upcoming week against Smithson Valley. Uh, the winner of that game gets a one-game lead for the fourth place and that final playoff spot. We'll talk about that more mm-hmm. in a little bit. One other game in District Twenty Six Six A, and that's East Central taking care of business against New Braunfels Canyon, uh,
1: forty-two to fourteen, a nice win for the Hornets. Yeah, good way to come back. Uh, again, Joe, Joe Hubbard's done a good job. They've just uh, they're just a, a few players away from really being a contender for, you know, getting jumping up to that the top four, you know, top tier. Yeah, they're right there, but we'll talk
0: about it again later. Uh, they have a really tough closing mm-hmm. schedule. They're 3-1 and one in district right now, but they basically have to play all of the other really top teams yeah. in that district. So uh, the gauntlet has been laid down, East Central in a pretty good spot. We'll see if they can uh, make it happen and, and find a way to, to get into the playoffs from that Crazy district. Uh, turning to 27-6A, the current top four uh, coming in: Madison, Johnson, Roosevelt, and South San. With Reagan and Churchill breathing down their necks. Some big games this week. We'll start with our number six team in the Ken's Five Top Ten. The the Roosevelt Rough Riders. They had a Saturday game taking on Reagan, and it was a good ball game. Reagan really gave Roosevelt all they could handle, but
1: in the end, Roosevelt prevailing 28-21. 28-21, and Reagan's still without Travis Staley. You know, their they're blue-chip quarterback, who, of course, I say blue-chip because he's really already committed to Texas in baseball. He missed the first few games of the season. He came back. He's injured, and I doubt if he'll, he'll play again this season. Uh, Roosevelt, uh, their running back, Rashad Owens, 192 yards, three touchdowns, 20 carries. That's a 9.6 average. Boy, he really carried the, carried the freight, you know, for Roosevelt the other night. He's a great back. Yeah, that's a big game for Reagan. I would say more so than Roosevelt, just because Reagan. You
0: felt they maybe needed that game. They're now one and three in district. And in a lot of yeah. ways, their fate's not in their own
1: hands. You know, Reagan just a few years ago won one four uh, consecutive district championships in an exclusively northeast exclusive northeast district. And uh, they, they have finished a runner-up the last couple of years, and, and this year it looks like they're not going to even make the playoffs. Yeah, things did not really come together. Obviously, injuries
0: playing a big part of that for the Rattlers, but you give credit where credit is due to the Rough Riders, who, who put themselves in a nice position here moving forward, and a little bit of breathing room between uh, themselves and and the cutoff line for making the playoffs in terms of uh, number of wins. Uh, the Thursday night game at Lander Stadium was uh, South Sand versus Johnson, the the non uh, NEISD team in South Sand. They run that that option offense. It was close at first. Johnson able to pull away. And uh, the score, maybe not indicative of the type of game it was, 33 7 as the Jaguars stay perfect in district.
1: Yeah, they're 4 0 oh now. And Ty Reason, and re, let's remember this thing. He's a guy we, we don't talk, people don't talk a lot about, but boy, is he, is he good. Ty Reisner, quarterback for Johnson, was 12 of 14 for 231 yards and three touchdowns. He's going to be a and I don't know we'll talk about it later, but they've got a big game coming up here later on the, uh, against Madison that probably is going to be for the district championship.
0: Yeah, that's still a couple weeks away, but you right. you, you don't want to look ahead too much. They right. also have a big game this upcoming week uh, when they take on Roosevelt. We'll talk about that when we oh, preview, that's right. that's when right. we preview week nine. Yeah, right. so What am I
1: saying? I'm getting way ahead of myself.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Madison, they're number ten in our Ken's Five Top Ten rankings. Uh, Johnson is number nine. Madison, they had Lee at Comalander
1: Stadium, and uh, no problem for the for the Mavs. 14 win. Yeah, Darren Gill only seven carries, a hundred yards, wow. one touchdown. That's, that's he only touched it seven times. That's a fourteen point three average. Uh, Madison's got a lot of momentum, and but you, but you're you're uh, you're, you're right. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens down down the road. You know here and see what happens it's going to shake out uh, something's going to happen you know you got the you know, three teams are kind of vying for that top spot you know and whatever's left over so it's, it's going to be you know roosevelt being one of them we just mentioned them yeah it's really uh, madison johnson roosevelt starting
0: to pull away from the field a little bit yeah. uh but four playoff spots are up for grabs in that district and one of the teams that trying to get there uh the churchill chargers and they had a uh, friday night game at uh hero stadium they had MacArthur. And it was a win for
1: Churchill. They get to five hundred in district thirty to fourteen. Yeah, Churchill uh, has always been a contender, been tough and all that. And just a few years ago, they I think they went to the state quarterfinals, lost to Steele. Had a really really good ball club. But they're they're kind of a you know not, they're not down, but they're not among the elite in that district at least this season. So we'll we'll see how they how they come back. We'll see how they finish, and they're going to try to. Yeah, they're 500 now in district, you said, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and their game this upcoming week, uh, perhaps a play-in game for the playoffs, could be the decisive game for their season when they visit South Sand, a matchup of teams that are 2-2 two and two yeah. in district. Again, we'll talk more about the uh, the week nine schedule. That's October twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth. In a little bit, we still have to get through a lot of results in, uh, <laughs> yes. in the uh, week eight slate. Let's turn our attention to District twenty eight six A. That's the home of the uh, the Northside ISD, the the, the so called Big Ten that you you might have coined right. that, David Big Ten. Uh, Brandeis. And uh, O'Connor are the, the headline teams in that district. Both of those teams, after their big clash last week that uh, Brandeis won, both of those guys played on Thursday night. We'll start with Brandeis's game. They're the number two team in our 6A rankings. They were taking on Holmes. They pitched a shutout, 47
1: nothing. Yeah, Jordan Battles, uh, you know, he, he only carried four times. Here's another one. Only carried four times, 114 yards, two touchdowns. He had 74 yards passing. He averaged, though rushing he averaged twenty eight point five yards a carry on the you know to, to get his hundred and fourteen yards. Uh and Cameron, we I don't know, I'm almost to suggest uh open to suggestions that maybe we can open it up to people who listen to that. Let's get Holmes uh does anybody have any plays out there that maybe they could use or something to uh boy your heart goes out to those guys. They they still have I don't think they've scored this season. No, and, no, they're and, still
0: looking still looking for points and and, uh, and,
1: and Juan Morales, their coach, I said it every week, he's a good coach. It's not like he suddenly forgot how to coach? Uh, coach Morales uh, led uh, Highlands, who had not been to the playoffs in a long time, led them to back-to-back playoff spots and, and seven-four finishes two years in a row before he went to home. So he certainly is a good coach. Very has uh, the, uh, you know commands the respect of to the, of the kids. Uh, he's well respected on campus. And how on earth they haven't managed to score? That's, that's it's, a, it's a really the, in, competitive district. Yeah. but in that, this era, in this era where true. where even yeah. the bad teams score a little bit, and it's just that's just that's going to happen. And unfortunately. Holmes is, is, a, is, a, is a team that's been, uh, you know, has, has just can't get out of the rut. Yeah, hoping to see some,
0: uh, some more positive things from them as the season still has three weeks left. Uh, still chances for the Huskies. Uh, meanwhile, the, the Thursday game at Ferris Stadium, O'Connor coming off that loss against Brandeis. They bounced back. They had Marshall and won that game 37-19. Maybe it's not
1: as convincing as they might have hoped, but a win is a win. Win is a win, and it tells you how good the Brandeis defense was, uh, you know, Friday before last when they did beat the O'Connor. Uh, they, they kept Zion Taylor in check. Zion Taylor, the O'Connor's uh, tough tailback, didn't do much against, uh, against the Broncos, but the other night he went for 141 yards on 15 carries, scored one touchdown, averaged 9, 9.4 yards a carry. So it all depends on who you're playing. You know, like they say, it's matchups. We talk about basketball game, being a game of matchups. Well, so is football. Those are two of the top three
0: teams in 28-6A. Uh, the third team, the Brennan Bears, they played the Saturday game at Gus uh, when they took on Clark, and they really lit up the scoreboard, 64-7. A nice win for Brennan. They get to five and one in district now.
1: Yeah, they're 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 tough. Six and one overall, five and one district. Uh, Steve Bezier is gonna gonna do gonna do a good job with those kids week in and week out. AJ Clay, 102 yards, 10 carries. I'm not real good at math, but that's a 10.2 average that's that's tough and two touchdowns so uh they're uh they're right there they're but you know they've already lost to brandeis so you know we'll see two other games in 26a these didn't involve
0: teams that are in our top 10 rankings but these were huge games with big playoff implications as you know you think about it, you look at it and say all right brandeis o'connor brennan probably the top three teams in that district that leaves one other playoff spot mm-hmm. in a 10-team league Mm-hmm. two really big games that could go a long way in determining it the stevens falcons came in four and one in district and if they had won on friday night they really could have started to cement mm-hmm. themselves in that mm-hmm. upper echelon mm-hmm. but they came up just short jay 3936 winners and in a game that that
1: they needed to keep their names in the playoff conversation well i understand that was an instant classic people that saw that game were thoroughly entertained you know i wish i'd been at that at that ball game it was a it was a good one 39 36 gotta gotta give credit to jay okay Jay still plugging away yeah so the
0: mustangs now three and three in district stevens drops to four and two so they're still in the mix but you're right they could have really cemented there and they have a tough their, schedule to finish it out uh the other game was between teams that are two and three in district and you look at it as sort of an elimination game if you wanted to keep your playoff hopes alive you needed this one this is the matchup between taft and warren it was friday night at ferris stadium A low scoring defensive kind of struggle and warren came out on top
1: 21-10. you're right it was, it was kind of an elimination game so warren is still You can't say they're out of it because we'll, we'll see there's still some games to be played these last few weeks. Yeah.
0: So Warren and Jay are both three and three in district. Stevens is still fourth with a mark of four and two. But uh, those teams will play each other. Still three more games to go. Mm. Uh, y- you could, I would say, you can put a, a sharpie for Brent. as They're in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would maybe have some erasable ink, but probably not. You, you could pretty much pen in uh, Brennan and O'Connor, O'Connor. As, as, two of the, uh, the three spots behind Brandeis, but then that fourth spot in 28-6A going to be really fun be as, we, as we finish out the season. Let's turn now to uh, the 5A and sub-5A in the uh, San Antonio area. This is everybody who's other than the big boys, other than 6A. We'll start with uh, the lone area team in 12-5A. That's the Seguin Matadors. They stayed perfect in their district with a 40-14 win against Austin McCollum. And we'll keep going here. 13-5A, D1. That's the home of the number one team in the Sub 6A rankings, the Wagner Thunderbirds. They had a Thursday night tilt against Jefferson, pitched a shutout. Nothing new
1: for Wagner, fifty-six nothing. Yeah, they're 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 they they've got it going now, and they should uh, run the table until. And we'll just leave that dot 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 the ellipsis because <laughs> we're gonna. We're going to touch on that later because you know who they end the season with right their last game of the regular season
0: against the only other unbeaten team in that district right Uh but that's still a couple weeks away that'll be week 10 so not next week but the week after uh speaking of that other unbeaten team in the district uh number five in our sub-6a rankings veterans memorial Uh, that was also a thursday night game and they handled burbank a solid burbank team uh, they mm-hmm.
1: made them. Uh, they made them look a little foolish at times. Forty-nine to seven. You know, Burbank has had a good. It's acquitted itself pretty well. I think what they're five and two overall. I think they are Burbank. Uh, yeah, with the uh, loss, there now five and two overall. Yeah, five and two. You know, five and two overall, and and three and two in, in district. Uh, here's another quarterback to think about. The the the, the young man from uh, Veterans Memorial, Kalik Paulette. You gotta like that name, Kalik uh, Paulette, who's who's done real real well. He completed uh, uh, six of sixteen passes. Uh, was picked off twice, though, threw for 135 yards and three touchdowns, but he also rushed for 108 yards on only 11 carries and a touchdown. So he's he's efficient, except, you know, they've got to clean up those interceptions because come a big game, that's going to can't be turned over like that. Yeah, that's a
0: theme we're seeing with a lot of the the top teams, especially in the 5A rankings. We'll, we'll talk about some of the teams in that 14-5A uh, mm-hmm. G2 with Bernie Champion mm-hmm. and, and Kerrville Tyvey. Dual-threat quarterbacks, are so important in the modern game and that's not to say if you know if you have a good quarterback who can throw the ball a mile right. you're still going to be fine that that hasn't yeah. changed at right. all but right. but the quarterback who can do a little bit of everything really causes problems for for defenses right. nowadays
1: those guys are wa- worth their weight and go here no you're absolutely right
0: two other games from 13 5a d1 this was one with major playoff implications saisd complex on friday night brackenridge lanier a couple teams coming in with two losses already in district in Brackenridge, 18-15 winners. They're in pretty good shape here looking at that, uh, looking at those
1: playoff spots. Everybody figured Brackenridge would find a way, find a way to, to, to climb back into the district race, and here they are. That's a neighborhood tussle there, the the Oaks and the Brackenridge Eagles. They've been playing for a long time, been playing each other. That's a, uh, I'm sure that was an entertaining ballgame.
0: One other SAISD uh, classic matchup between Highlands and Sam Houston. This was at Alamo Stadium, just adding to the uh, tradition between those two teams. Another mm-hmm. close game,
1: 18-16 win for the Hurricanes. Yeah, Hurricanes needed that one, and Highlands has, been, has had a tough year. It's had a real tough year, but then again, yeah, that that uh, there again, that's a long, those, those two schools have been playing each other for a very, very long time, since the mid, earlier mid-60s. Let's go to fourteen
0: five ad one home of the number 10 team, in our KENS 5 area rankings. The uh, Southwest Legacy, uh, the Titans, they are having a pretty good year, but on Thursday night, they ran into a really <laughs>
1: committed Harlandale team. 21-12, the final score in that one. Yeah, Coach Torres, Albert Torres, had uh, the, the Indians ready. You're right. They were committed. Uh, they won that game 21 21- Twenty-one and twelve. Legacy's had a good season, so you know, they're, they're five and three last year. I don't think they won a game last year. They were right? they, they were winless last they were winless. year. They, they got in the win column this year, and then plenty more. Yeah, they're they're five and three overall, two and two in district. So you know, they, they could still make make the playoffs. But uh, boy, uh, kudos to to Harlandale. You know, for, for for that's a quality win for them.
0: Yeah. So Harlandale getting their second district win. They're two and one in that district. They started that district a little bit later. It's a little bit smaller yeah, compared smaller to district, right. compared to some of these other ones, but uh, still a lot more important games to be played as the season winds mm-hmm. down. There is one team that is starting to pull away from the field in that district. That's the number four team in our sub-6A rankings. The Harlan Hawks uh, were on the road this week taking on Eagle Pass win. And Harlan staying perfect, bringing a win back to San Antonio's uh,
1: Northside ISD. They're 7-0 now. And they won that game yeah. 45-16. 3-0 in district. Uh, again, our, our friend Cannon Williams, the quarterback. Cannon the Cannon. 12-18, uh, 138 yards, one touchdown. He rushed for 81 yards and two touchdowns and only eight carries, an average of 10.1 yards uh, a carry. Just to, they've, they've got they've got some talent. Then Harlan's got to make some noise in the playoffs. They, they have they'll the, go about two three rounds. They're only a second-year varsity program, but mm-hmm. they you can tell they have the talent to
0: to be where they want to be come November or December. One other game in that district, uh, 14-5, AD1. McCollum was at Southwest, and Southwest won that game at 36-13.
1: Well, tough, tough for for McCollum because Southwest had gotten beat by Southwest Legacy, and they're they're having a rebuilding here this year. They, they Southwest had a good year last year; they were rebuilding. But boy, McCollum, uh, Coach Zell does a great job of trying to rally the troops at McCollum. But it's going he's still trying to build his program, you know, and and they'll 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 get there. But uh, right, it didn't happen the other night. Over to 14-5A-D2, home of two of our top three teams
0: in the sub-6A rankings. We'll start with the number two, Kerrville Tyvee Antlers. They had San Antonio Memorial on Thursday night. It was a shutout for Tyvee, 62-0.
1: Here we go again. You know, we say it every week. Memorial has no business being in that district with the Hill Country schools. And uh, there's another. that's Exhibit A there, 62-0. All you got to do is go to the total offense. I know that's not always the barometer, but... Uh, Tybee outgained them Cameron 471 to 86 in total offensive yardage. Boy that you, you, you feel for a Memorial and and uh, you know those Tybee coaches and champ, the people that play them they they have good they have good kids. They have good kids and but it's just it's just tough. It's just tough for them to compete in you know in the district like that. Similar story with the number 3 team in our uh,
0: sub 6A rankings, Bernie Champion, and they had Kennedy this week, and it was forty-nine, nothing—a win for uh, Bernie Champion.
1: So yeah, so there you have the two—the two Edgewood ISD schools did not score. You know, the Kennedys in the district, same district with the uh, U- school district with uh, Memorial. You know, and, and they lose. Uh, just back it up, right quick. Tyvee our friend Trapper Pinnell. You gotta like that name. We, we love that. We name. love some of these five-A quarterback yeah. names. Trapper, I know we've mentioned him before. Trapper Pinnell uh, was seven of nine uh, for 133 yards, three touchdowns, and he ran one time and he scored. Uh, thirty-three-yard run. So, uh, Trapper, you think maybe his parents or his mom might have liked uh, uh, Trapper and Mash or something? That's that's <laughs> a heck of a that's a heck of a name. But uh, anyway, uh, but I'm sorry. But Champion, they're the, quality program. They're going to be right there. They're going to they're going to go a few rounds to the playoffs with those two teams: Champion and and A couple other teams in this district that uh,
0: started slow and are starting to bring it on a little bit. We'll start in Alamo Heights: the Mules didn't have the start of the season mm-hmm. they wanted i think they lost their first 3 games david mm-hmm. but that seems like a distant memory now yeah. they're they're on a roll they won a shootout a real high scoring game uh with lockhart in town 56 49 but alamo that, that, heights is now 3 and 1 in district
1: boy that that that, that must have been you're right that's that's a that, that was a shootout that very very uncharacteristic for alamo heights to get off to that they stumbled out you know really stumbled badly uh to the, to that 0 and 3 start i believe i believe they lost the first 3 games and then mm-hmm. they they found a kind found themselves, and it's kind of a down year for them, I guess, because that game shouldn't have been that, that close, but kudos to Lockhart. You know, they they, they played a good game, but normally Alamo Heights would, would probably win a game like that, but, I mean, they'd won, but, you know, more ha- would win it handily and stuff, so but here we go. But that's, that's, what do they say, Cameron? That's why they play the game, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And fifty <laughs> I'll tell you who hates a game like that. Is, uh, sometimes you have these, these cheer sections or the student section. Someone does push-ups every time they score, and it's, <laughs> and it's cumulative, right? So yeah. if you score uh, the second touchdown, you do 14 push-ups, yeah. and then the third, 56. So you, uh, you've already done however many, and then you have to do 56 for that. Someone <laughs> was looking and, at him
1: and saying, man. And I'll tell you who else uh, hates games like that. It's old sports writers like me hey, when you're having to keep your own stats. Oh yeah! Oh my God! You know, you, you've got to, you're, you're you fall behind and you're 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 cooked,
0: you know. So that was a close game, another close game for a team that is starting to find its rhythm a little bit. Also with a slow start, we're talking about Medina Valley. They were on the road at Uvalde, won that game 35-34. Medina Valley, don't look now, they're back to five hundred in district play and very much in the playoff
1: conversation. Yeah, they got a new coach. They've come up. Uh, he's he's you know they're they're starting to find their stride here in the second half of the season. It's good to good to see. You know, uh, every year you want the Panthers to. Uh, it's it's not a good season unless the Panthers are in there pitching away. They've they've always been uh, they're kind of a staple of, of our area out there outside of San Antonio. Uh, they won state back in 1984 uh, when they went 16 and 0. They're the only area team that's won state with that kind of record. Unbelievable team. Yeah, great tradition out there. Uh, let's turn our attention to fifteen five AD2,
0: a mix of San Antonio area schools in this one. Port Lavaca-Calhoun made the trip out to Floresville. They won that game 63-14. Somerset was at Alice, and uh, Alice stays perfect. They're, they won that game 56-17. Uh, shout out to Joe Reinagle, who's always going to talk about uh, being yeah. a proud Alice Coyote. Yeah, and it's Coyote,
1: I think he says. Oh. He always corrects me. Oh, that, I, I right. always call them Coyotes. He says Coyote, so I guess he'd know he's from Alice. But, boy, they've, <laughs> they've had a tradition there since the, since the mid the. Uh, Sixty Somerset's had a tough, uh, tough year. And, you know, uh, even their coach uh, Sonny Detmer, we mentioned, had double pneumonia here a few weeks ago. Missed at least one game that that uh, uh, that we know of. And then uh, Port Lavaca Calhoun, those guys are you talk about talented. They've got they've got an explosive offense. They've got some talent on on that team, and they they just routed Floresville. You know, you, you kind of that was a, that was kind of a mismatch. The last game involving a San Antonio team in this district
0: is a huge one. The Southside Cardinals needed a win against Gregory Portland, and they got it. 36-24. That's a tiebreaker now because those two teams both have identical 2-2 two and two district records. It could end up very different at the end of the season. But right now, Southside, looking like they have the inside track for a playoff spot.
1: You know, we've mentioned it before, and we'll mention it again because we should mention it, that Ricky Locke gets so much out of those kids at Southside. You know, Southside is so far out. It, it's still in the city, city, city limits. It's San Antonio Southside. But, boy, it's so far south, it's almost like they're in another town. It's their whole community by themselves over there. And But those player, boil, when those lights come on on Friday nights, people flock to the stadium. They, they support their team. And that does not surprise me at all that they beat Gregory Portland. Although Gregory Portland has got a strong tradition. They've got a very strong tradition through the years. You know, they were the powerhouse down there before Cal Allen, in the Corpus Christi era before Cal Allen came along with Phil Danaher in the mid-'80s. But before that, it was Ray Akins at Gregory Portland. And But they're still good. They're not as good as they used to be. But, boy, what a quality win. Congratulations, uh, you know, to Ricky Locke and the Southside Cardinals. So let's look at
0: 5A in the San Antonio area. Let's keep going, though. Let's talk about 4A for a little bit. There's a couple of 4A teams, actually a trio of 4A teams, that are ranked in our sub-6A rankings. We'll start with the number 6 team, Navarro. They came in 6-0 overall. They were at an Eastside Memorial team that came in 0-6. And the result is what you expect, 54-0 win for Navarro. Uh, Meanwhile, the number 8 team in that same 13-4A D2 uh, Bandera was also perfect coming into this weekend's games, uh, but they had a tough opponent at Wimberley and uh, ended up being a 30-point game. Wimberley 56, Bandera 26.
1: Yeah, they got they got they got ambushed. You know, Wimberley's tough. They they've had a, they've had a tradition uh, there themselves. I know they had a uh, a guy that played for them a few years back that went to the Naval Academy and played and played well. Uh, so Bandera got. Uh, got a you know they got knocked off the horse. We'll see we'll see how they how they come back uh, this year. And then Navarro well you know Navarro's Navarro. You know we talked about the Panthers and Euler de Leon continued his uh his tear. He only oh he only had 100 yards, but he only carried four times. So That's not a bad average. 20, 25 yards a carry, one <laughs> scored one touchdown. And you like you got to like a name like that. Euler de Leon okay all right let's go hey,
0: anytime you can you, you check you check the box for a 100 yard game whether it takes you, know, you know, 10 carries 20 carries <laughs> that's but, right. but the running back I'm sure would rather have just four carries yeah that's M- it. makes waking up on Saturday morning a little bit easier uh cuero was at lano and uh the tough season continues for cuero they lost that game 35 16. boy
1: again that's that's really rare odd you know if you're going uh, from here and you're going on a highway and you hit that uh, you hit Quero. if you're going to Victoria, and you pass by there, they've got that sign at their home of the Quero Gobblers, and they have the, the they have their state championships listed, their playoff appearances. It's a big old sign. They they're used to they're 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 just used to winning. And they have the kid from te- the, the Texas, Jordan Whittington, Jordan. yeah, Whittington. yeah, they're. They're, they're, just, they've they're, got, they're they, missing him. They're missing him they're this really, year. Really they, really
0: I'm, I'm sure they would love to have found a way to get him a fifth year. Yeah. Uh, at the, uh, it. At the high school it. game. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's definitely been uh, college ready. But uh, 14-4 AD2, Poteet at Hondo. Both teams came in looking for their first district win, and Hondo got it done 26-24. Uh, Pearsall, 25, Carrizo Springs, 18, and Divine, 48, Crystal City, 12. Uh, some of those teams coming in with... Uh, so they took their lumps in non-district, but this, things are starting to shake out there in 14-4-A-D-2.
1: Yeah, good football. 4-A, boy, they play some good football on,
0: on that 4-A level. 15-4-A-D-1. This was a, a heavyweight fight. Gonzalez came in at 5-1, and Beville-Jones at 7-0. Uh, Jones,
1: they, they're and they're having a really nice season. 27-3 winners in that contest. And you know who's at Beville-Jones? Chris Sosa, who was at Maina Valley there for a few years and this is actually his second stint uh, at Beeville. That's why he went back. because they knew him, they needed a coach. He decided to just leave Castroville and leave Medina Valley to go back to to Beeville. And Eric Sosa is his offense coordinator. His son Eric, of course, was the first quarterback in UTSA's history. Just a really, really uh, crackerjack coach. Very young, and, but he grew up, you know, grew up watching film with his dad. You know, when his dad would take the projector home and back when you used those projectors and stuff oh, yeah. and, and, and all that. So, uh, yeah. So congratulations to Chris Sosa and 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 the uh, Beeville Trojans. That's a that's a great story there
0: of just of local, mm-hmm. you know, South Texas uh, high school and college football. Right, the lineage, yeah, mm-hmm, the connection. Uh, one other game to to note there from fifteen four a d one. Bernie had the the bye week to start district play. They visited Pleasanton, who uh, started the season six and zero and then lost their district opener. And Bernie, the number seven team in our sub six a rankings, picking up a nice win forty one seven.
1: Big win. Yeah, Bernie 5-1, and one, and as you said, they, they, they won their district opener uh, over a quality opponent. Here's another young quarterback to keep an eye on. He's just a sophomore, Rashawn Galloway, who's had bigger games than the one he had against uh, uh, against Plessis, but this one wasn't bad. He went 13 of 24 without an interception, 231 yards, and three touchdowns. That's pretty good.
0: Anytime you're dropping back as, as a young quarterback more than 20 times in a big game and you, you go without throwing an interception, you're, you're making yeah, good decisions. That's exactly. a good sign. Yeah, that is a good, good. sign. 15-3-A-D-1. Cole was at Lytle. They won that game 35-10. Jurdenton was at Cotula, and Cotula won that game 20-14. And Karn City fell on the road at Marion 51-27. Two TAPS games we were tracking in TAPS-D-1. Antonian was uh, hosting Houston-St. Thomas. That's a good team, and they won that game uh, 41-27. And then the Taps D two District Four opener, a rivalry game between San Antonio Christian and Holy Cross, and
1: the Knights prevailed seventeen seven. Yeah, you, the Knights come back on that one, and uh, Central Catholic uh, ha, had to buy. They had, had to the, had the buy. The open yeah. date. But last week they had that that running back. I'm sure you guys about uh, that Gibby Garza went for three hundred and one yards on fourteen carries, and scored four touchdowns against uh, Houston Saint Pius. And as you very well know, Cameron, uh, Cameron you're very well versed with the Taps scene. Teams from here do not beat the Houston-Dallas teams very often. So, yeah. uh, And coming out of their bye, that's who Central Catholic is going to play, St. Thomas, the team that, that just beat Antonio. So, so it's going to be good.
0: The, those little four-team districts, you know, we've <laughs> talked about it all the time. We talked about it in the first half of the season in, in context of you know, it's it's hard for these teams to find good non-district games. But now, once you get into the district, man, there's a lot of familiarity, and yeah. uh, you know, you can you exactly. have that immediate sort of that immediate gratification to know, mm-hmm. it, you know. With only three district games, it's pretty clear who are the uh, you know who are the playoff contenders
1: and who are and who isn't. And there's just very little margin for error. Very. No, and you're right. And the great thing about it, you know, uh, Cameron, I don't know you've seen it in taps and then all the way up, is that it's almost like the colleges. You know, you've got so many high schools, whether it's six A, five A, four A, three, whatever division one, division two. Doesn't matter what size they are. Football is football, and in their little neck of the woods, in their corner of the woods, wherever it is, so and so and so and so, they're playing in ten buck two. That's it. They're just they're they, they, they may have fewer people than Judson does at their game or Odessa Permian, but the intensity is the same. The kids, the the whole pageantry is 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 the same, and that's why the game is such a. I'm going to say it. It's a phenomenon in Texas. Other states have high school football, but in Texas, it's a phenomenon. Yeah, and
0: it's, you know, the lights go on, and especially yeah. with some of these rivalries that date back, you know, decades and decades, and, uh, you know, some of these small towns where you get the, the whole the whole yeah. town comes out. I was at a game out in uh, Weimar earlier this year. It's a town of about 2,000 people, and the high school has about 200 kids, <laughs> and you think about it, and, you know, maybe you have some people coming from out of town or, you know, from another part of the county, but mm-hmm. if they get... 1200 people at a game that's 60% of the town that's it, that's it. that that's is that's the it.
1: place to be it's a social gathering and uh, you know it, it's people it's more than a football game you know people go out there and they they, they see each other and they and it's almost cliche, but it's true you could do it on any friday night a lot of these high school state these small stadiums have the hurricane fence around the field and those ranchers get out there and they end up against the fence and they talk about the the, the you know the, the the feed prices and they talk about the weather and we talk about their cattle and stuff, you know, in between plays and stuff. So it's just it's just amazing. Yeah. A uh, couple more
0: weeks of amazing regular season games. Let's look at Week 9. Uh, these are games being played on October 24th, 25th, and 26th, with uh, Friday the 25th obviously being the, the, the typical Friday night. Uh, starting 26-6A, East Central is taking on Clemens. That's at Lenhoff Stadium. East Central, we talked about them a little bit earlier. Uh, their last Three district games. They have Clemens this week, and then Judson and Steele. So, you know, they have those three district wins. That you, you get another one out of these three, and you're probably good. But that's a really tall order.
1: Well, this is like I was telling you, Joe Hubbard. Uh, told me this summer when he said, "You yeah, we could have a pretty good team. We play in a very, very tough district." He wasn't, uh, uh you know, he wasn't deluding himself. He had no illusions. But he said, "The key is you got to win the games. You can win." And so they've done that to a degree. You know, they, they've won. They've got three district. They've They've squirreled away three district wins, so now here it comes. Can they get one more?
0: Yeah, their district wins against San Marcos, New Braunfels, and Canyon with a loss to Smithson Valley. That that win over over New Braunfels was good because New Braunfels might have been undefeated going into that game. I think think that was the first loss for the Unicorns. Speaking of New Braunfels, they host San Marcos on Friday night. Uh, San Marcos still trying to get that first district win. Another team still looking for a first win is New Braunfels Canyon. Uh, but they will be hosting Judson, seven and and0 versus O and seven. That's the Friday. That's mm. another Friday night game. And then the, probably the game of the week in that district: Steele at Smithson Valley. Both teams two and two in district. The winner uh, gets a, a full game lead for the, at least fourth yeah. place and in getting into the playoffs. Obviously, you also have East Central in the mix right now. But with such a tough schedule down the home stretch, we'll have to see. But whoever wins that game feels pretty good about themselves. Uh, especially if you're talking about Steele winning a road game which is never easy against the
1: Rangers yeah both of those teams will be playing uh, you know you hear it all the time it's almost cliche but it's so true they'll be playing with a sense of urgency oh yeah you know and, and I those coaches that say that fear is a great motivator they will be a little scared because they'll be scared about about being left at home when the playoff call comes and stuff so they're gonna be playing hard But well, they know what they know what's at stake But Steele and Smiths Valley on Friday night It'll be in Smith. It'll be at at the, at Ranger Stadium. So they've got a little bit of an advantage. Another potential playoff play-in game, uh, still in October.
0: We're talking about is in twenty-seven-six-eight Churchill at South Sand. Both teams two and two in district, uh, tied for fourth place. And again, the winner uh, in a better spot doesn't lock up anything with still two games to go after Week Nine. But the the loser, boy,
1: you're, you you yeah. really you don't want to be you don't want to be the loser that game. Don't you know, Churchill should win the game. Churchill should win the game. They've got they've got more than South Sand has. They've got the tradition, got a championship pedigree. But don't count South Sand out. Now, South Sand beat MacArthur. I know MacArthur's down, but that was a quality win for South Sand a few weeks ago. Again, Churchill should win that ball game. But I'll uh, tell you what, it wouldn't surprise me if South Sand hangs in there. It hangs in there. They can go into the fourth quarter, and it's close. We'll see. That's what they, and that's what they like to do with that. It's that sort of wishbone, yeah, wish that ball, option, yeah, offense option offense is so yeah. tough
0: and, and it really grinds clock really quickly. Mm-hmm. So you might be expecting uh, fewer offensive possessions, and mm-hmm. that, that really uh, makes the the window of opportunity a little smaller yeah, for, for should, both teams. Yeah, really, yeah, mm-hmm. You're uh, right. Friday at Comalander Stadium, Reagan takes on Lee. Friday at Hero Stadium, Madison takes on MacArthur. And then the game of the week in that district, if not the game of the week in the city, Johnson coming in at 4-0 and in district, taking on Roosevelt 3-1 and in district. Uh, not quite a district championship game, but a really big game between teams that should be in the playoffs. But still, a lot of bragging rights on the line. That's Saturday at Comalander
1: Stadium. If Roosevelt can win that game, you know, they're, they're going to muddy up because the, they've got one loss. they got one district loss to Madison, right? Yeah, so... You know, we'll see. roosevelt Roseville's got a lot of talent, you know, and they've got Rashad Owens, and they've got Coleman at quarterback. Uh, and it's their year; they feel it's their year. Although they've been bloodied a little bit in the, in that one district loss, and and you know, all that's gonna, that's going to be a heck of a ball game. But then Johnson has really has really played well, and like I say, they have quarterback that quarterback uh, Ty Reesner, and then that running back that went for over two hundred yards, uh, Justin Rodriguez. It's not very big, but boy, is he tough! He's 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 a very prolific running back. So that's going to be a good ball game.
0: Yeah, if that's not my pick uh, for game of the week, I'll tell you which one is here in just a second. It's in uh, 28-6A. We'll start with the Thursday night games because there are a pair of them. Uh, Jay takes on Taft, sort of a must win for Jay to keep that momentum going after a big win this past week. And then Warren takes on Brandeis. That's at uh, Ferris Stadium on Thursday. Yeah, uh, another Thursday night game for the Broncos. They, they they had the Thursday night game this past week, so they
1: have the the full week to prepare for it. Right. But Thursday games are always a little bit awkward. Yeah, they are. It, it gets you off your schedule a little bit, and it's it's just it's just strange. You got school the next day, and, and kickoff is earlier. It's, it's just a different it's just a different uh, feel to it.
0: So the as I alluded to, I think maybe my pick for game of the week twenty eight six a Stevens against Brennan. Uh, that's at Gus on Friday. Stevens has been a surprise team early. Mm-hmm. They do have a tough back half of their schedule. They're four and two in district. If they can, uh, su- su- it would be a surprise if they beat Brennan. Let's let's not mix
1: words here. But they could do it, and then both yeah. of those teams would be at five and two if that happens. Oh yeah, that's that's a, that's, a very, that's more even than people think. You know, Brennan has only got one loss, so that loss being to to Brandeis. But uh, they've got a great defense. Uh, but I will tell you what, they do not count out Stevens. They didn't, they didn't ride in a town on a stack of wood, as they say. They're, they're, they're ready to go. <laughs> Two other games in that district. At Ferris Stadium on Friday night,
0: O'Connor takes on Clark. And then on Saturday night at Ferris, Holmes against Marshall. Uh, so that's the, uh, the 6A look at Week 9. And then uh, in 5A, Seguin is at Dripping Springs. That's a real test for the Matadors against a uh, mm-hmm. perennial deep playoff team in dip- Dripping Springs. 13-5-A-D-1 will start on Thursday night, a couple games. Edison against Brackenridge, that'll be at SAISD Complex, and then Lanier against Highlands at Alamo Stadium on Thursday night. Friday night, Wagner-Burbank, and uh, here's the number for Wagner. In six district games, they are outscoring their opponents 336-6. to Wow. Wow. That's that's a lot. Uh, And I don't remember who got the six on them, but... uh, Tip of the cap to, to to those fellows right there, and then Sam Houston takes on Jefferson at Alamo Stadium
1: on Friday night. Yeah, Wagner, you know, like I said, they, they should uh, they should be undefeated in the district going into that into that last game against against uh, their, their Jetson ISD uh, sister school uh, Veterans Memorial. Yeah, Veterans Memorial has the bye this week. So, That's right, they have the uh, bye. So and
0: then. and Wagner's bye is technically the last week of the season. So right. uh, so they play all ten of their games. Boom 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 boom. Yep, and, right and then they right have on. a week eleven bye. So I. It, if, I, if I'm a coach and I know my team's going to be in the playoffs, I love the way that works out. Yeah. If you're Wagner, because you build mm-hmm. up, you build up to a Week 10 game against what's going to be their toughest district foe mm-hmm. in, in Veterans Memorial. Mm-hmm. They do have a loss to Judson from earlier in the year, but that right. doesn't count for but district. Judson's
1: done that to a lot of people. Oh so yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So and then if you're Wagner, you get a week to, to rest all the bumps and bruises. Yeah. Yep. And then you get into the playoff grind. So yeah. I, th- I think the schedule works out really nicely for the Thunderbirds. 145A D1 Southwest takes on Harlandale on Thursday night. That game will be at Harlandale Memorial. Laredo Martin comes in to take on McCollum. That's the Friday night game at Harlandale Memorial Stadium. And then Southwest Legacy visits Harlan. That game we played at Gus on Saturday. So a Thursday, a Friday, and a Saturday. Uh, a couple games to keep an eye on in 145A D1. 145A D2 sees Uvalde visit Bernie Champion on Thursday. And a lot of Thursday night games this week, David. Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, Alamo Heights visits Kerrville, Tyvee, that's a Friday night game. And also on Friday night, Kennedy at Lockhart and Memorial at Medina Valley.
1: Right. Well, we'll see if those Edgewood schools can maybe get one more. You know, uh, Memorial's already gotten one. who they beat? They beat Lockhart earlier this year. Did they name Memorial? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. So maybe they can get another one. 15-5-A-D2,
0: Floresville goes down to toulouse midway Southside visits Alice and S- Somerset visits Calhoun. Uh, a, another tough slate for the San Antonio teams uh, in that district, which, which has a good mix of, of San Antonio and non-San Antonio area teams. But this week, man, the, the San Antonio teams are all facing tough, tough competition. That's a
1: tough ask for, uh, for Somerset to go on a road and be able to stay on the field with uh, Port Lavaca Calhoun. And I'll give anybody a dollar right now. They can tell me what their mascot is without checking Texas Football Magazine.
0: <laughs> oh, I know this one because we've talked about it before, David. Okay. I'll, I'll give the people at home a minute. Okay. we we'll call this a pregnant
1: pause.
0: <laughs> the Sand Crabs. That's, sand that's crabs. great.
1: That's a great mascot. That's a great mascot because they're right there by the water and stuff. And all that. it's just, I wish more, uh, you know, maybe we could have just a show that would be where we could concentrate on what the na- mascots should be like, not to go on a tangent, but MacArthur. Bramus? How about the MacArthur Generals? Yeah. Like, where they could have the five stars, uh, kind of like the New Jersey Generals from the USFL. Love it. You know, and stuff. And, and uh, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know where they came up with the, with the Bramas. It's just really. And then... Uh, they have Eisenhower as a middle school. If, if you know, they should have had it as a high school because they got Churchill, got MacArthur. Should have had Eisenhower. I mean, he was only the su- supreme Allied commander in Europe. But uh, but then, don't get me started on that history. All yeah, right, let's, let's... you're talking about San Antonio history now. When, when you're talking oh, about oh, Eisenhower United. State you know, was it Fort Sam for crying out loud? For you know, he served some time there.
0: So that's a look at five A for uh, week nine, four A and three A really quick here. Thirteen four A D two East Side Memorial at Quero. That's a Thursday night game. Lano at Bandera, Wimberley Navarro. Those are teams that are unbeaten Ooh. in district so far. Six and one Wimberley, seven and zero Navarro. That's a Friday night game, and uh, that is probably the best sub six A game in, in all Boys. of in all of
1: our area. And it's a four A matchup. That's going to be a good one. Uh, years ago, I knew a broadcaster that had a way with words. He didn't say a lot, but when he would say it, it meant something. You know, and he's he's left as he's no longer around. But he would for a matchup like that. I could tell you right now, he'd say. It's gonna be a horse on a horse. <laughs> That's how you would say that. Whatever was a match. Only in Texas, friend. <laughs> only friends. in Texas. It's gonna be a horse
0: on a horse. I tell you what. Fourteen four a d two. Pearsall at Divine. Crystal City at Potite. Hondo at Carrizo Springs. Fifteen four a d one. Lavernia at Gonzalez. Beville Jones at Bernie. Another real Ooh, doozy of a game. Ooh, heck of a game. Uh, both of those teams unbeaten in district and uh, Beville Jones perfect on the year Bernie with just the one loss how about this though Jones has played eight games Bernie they had a bye week and they also had a game get uh, rained out, out against Antonio. so they've only played six games so far that's still I think plenty of experience but
1: it's and they're un- five and one right Bernie's five and one yes, yes. Right. yeah
0: so it's little things like that, that
1: that come across as a little strange at times so, But but it, it can happen but Beville's rolling Beville's oh, yeah. rolling so you know but it's gonna be in Bernie so we'll, we'll see we'll see how they, how they play on the road
0: Cotula at Carn City, Lytle at Jordanton, and Randolph at Cole. That's 15-3-A-D-1. And then in Taps, Antonian at uh, Tomball Concordial Lutheran. Central Catholic at Houston St. Thomas. Again, shout-out to uh, Mr. Garza from Central Catholic. The Buttons have a a real talented running back. And then uh, Holy Cross has the bye. Brownsville St. Joseph comes up to San Antonio Christian. That's a Friday night game.
1: You mentioned Randolph and Cole, and that's always a big game. I don't know if it's as big as it used to have, but it was at one time when they were really good. Both of them would go to the playoffs because it's the Air Force and the Army. It's like Air Force and Army playing, you know, uh, just a great tradition. It goes to the tradition of the city, military city, USA, uh, back when they, they, both those teams would make deep playoff runs. So, uh, boy, just a lot of, I'll tell you again, from top to bottom, just really good football. Yeah, entertain, and, and we and we love to give the shout out to those those games because you know
0: you know yeah. in San Antonio you know O'Connor and Brandeis are going to get their attention. You know Judson Steele. These are these right. are the big games. Everyone big game, yeah. everyone knows, and then you know, all these big schools, but we we love talking about some of these other schools, especially especially when they're having really good seasons and and we can, we can really spotlight them as they, uh, push forward to the playoffs and and maybe introduce you to them before you hear about them on the newscasts on, uh, you know, Thursday or Friday nights after Thanksgiving, you say, wow, there are a lot of,
1: a lot of good football You hear about them in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Where were they during the regular season? It's all part of the uh, tapestry there. I wanted to use that word. Tapestry. It's all part of the tapestry of high school football in the San Antonio area. And, uh, you know, it's it's just uh, from top to bottom. I keep you know I keep saying that, but uh, and then I understand from our weather people it's we're supposed to get a little front tomorrow, but they say Friday it's gonna oh, yeah. another one's coming in. It's gonna get even better. So we're gonna maybe have football weather. We'll have football weather finally on, on Friday.
0: Yeah, with, what, two or three weeks to spare in the season. <laughs> you know, season. Game time kickoff, temperature, you know, 95, 95, 94, 93, <laughs> you know, all the, it's, it's been warm almost every Friday Except night. for the
1: Friday before last. Yeah, when, that's true. We yeah, had, when, we had uh, that when, one. Yeah, exactly. When, Brad, w- I mean, when uh, Brandeis and O'Connor played, it was yep. that real windy night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it
0: w- w- looks like maybe now with, you know, one week left in October, we'll <laughs> finally start getting some, some football weather here in South Texas uh, to enjoy some of these great football games. Uh, We thank you so much for joining us this time around on Friday Night Football Replay. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't, and be Mm -hmm. sure to check out kens5.com throughout the course of the week. David Flores with his weekly uh, rankings of the teams in the area. We also have a weekly Player of the Week feature. We have a live scoreboard. We have photo galleries. A whole lot, anything you would want from uh, high school football coverage, and of course the uh, KENS 5 on-air 10 p.m. newscast on Friday night. That's when we have all the highlights. Right, right as they're happening. And
1: nobody does it better than Joe. Oh, yeah. But I don't know how he does it. Well, he's, a, yeah, he's, a, he's certainly enthusiastic, that's for sure. That's all the time we have this week for David Flores. I'm Cameron Songer. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We thank you.